the nerve to ask that little girl you've been digging on if she wants to go out. She said yes, now you're wanting to impress, but you ain't got no castle. Oh, it's Caution Shots time. I'm your host, Daniel Navore, and welcome to what I believe is episode five of 2020. The year's gone by really quick. We've already got the Tulsa shootout in the book, the Chili Bowl Nationals in the book, and just last weekend, it was the kickoff to Speed Weeks at Daytona with the Rolex 24 Hours. Uh, the race was a little bit different than last year's race. For First off, the weather was a lot better for the competitors as there wasn't the torrential downpour that we saw in the years in the year past the year previously and it made for what was one of the longest races in the Rolex 24's history uh, for the distance that was completed i believe they had a 6 to 8 i don't remember exactly how long a stretch of green flag racing overnight but it was a long stretch of green flag racing they got a lot of laps in and the distance added up i think there was maybe an hour and a half to two hours to go and they were getting close to breaking that record and they ended up smashing that record uh the results um weren't as close as in the years past and i think you could probably put a lot of that to the fact that there wasn't as many cautions keeping it as close of a field how the rolex is um nowadays with where you can get the wave around at points in the race that there's a chance to gain some laps back, but those long stretches of green flag racing overnight caught a lot of guys where they, if you didn't have a car that was good enough to stay on the lead lap, you got lapped pretty quickly, especially in the Daytona prototype class and, and the other classes as well. I mean, if they're in their own races that, uh, it would have been hard if you're the faster guy, not or if you weren't as fast as the top guys to stay on the lead lap. But looking at the results in the DP division, the Daytona prototype, I still have zero idea what the I stands for. Well, we had Ryan Briscoe's team, the Kanako Minolta Wayne Taylor Racing. If you're just a fan, a casual fan of racing, you've probably seen that team before. They used to have the white cars with a Dyson on the side. I don't know if it was somehow tied into the Dyson vacuum cleaners or not, but that's kind of how I always put two two together. But the Cadillacs, they've been strong in the DP, the Daytona prototype division for the last couple of years. And they had a mistake with the probably about four hours to go where Briscoe missed a, a signal to not to go out in uh, other pits, but he went out and they, they held him for 60 seconds, a long delay, and that put him a lap down. They were able to catch the caution they needed to get back on the lead lap. And ever since, ever after that, they were able to take a pretty good lead. They won by pretty much a lap on the field. Uh, and they were the overall winners. Scott Dixon was there, not a stranger at all from winning. And uh, Kobayashi was the real standout guy, not familiar with Kobayashi. At all, I really think everybody caught him, kind of called him the hot dog eating guy, but he was very fast in the car. They actually let him do an extended stint at the end of the race, and uh, he was the kind of the guy that kind of got the biggest spotlight of the day as he was the one that took the checkered flag. In the LMP2 class, it was Dragon Speed USA. That was kind of the least competitive division of the week, had the least amount of cars. 
I mean, that division is really is not the most exciting class for sure out there. But I don't want to get rid of cars because you needed more cars to keep the intrigue. So don't want to see them get rid of it. But it's it's definitely the class with it's got not as much uh, parity as the rest of them. The best class over the weekend was the GT Le Mans class. Uh, the BMWs and the Porsches went at it all race long. And finally, at the end, the BMW would be able to just have the faster straightaway speed. The Porsches would keep up to them, but it just couldn't keep up with them enough. And the BMW would win the overall in the GT Le Mans series. Then you had the GT Daytona class. In that class, it would be the uh, Lamborghini show as they would get the 1-2 finish in the Daytona 24 hours. So overall, it was a it was a good Daytona for 24 hours. Um, I think for the team owners, they appreciated not having as many tore up cars as in the years in the past. Um, but I mean, you just didn't have those the epic finish like you've had recently with some pretty close battles with uh, AJ Allmendinger and some of those guys, the Mustang sampling cars in the D, in the G in the um, DPI division. So you've had some really close battles in the years past that you really didn't have this year, but it was a good race overall and um, a good start to the speed weeks there at Daytona. And the other racing that was going on, it was a kind of a so-so uh, racing weekend outside of that. Uh, Supercross was in Glendale, Arizona. It was on a tape-delayed basis if you did not have the NBC Gold package so a lot of upset supercross fans don't blame them uh kind of nbc sports that you know kind of stepped in last year late you would hope they would have kind of got some of these tape delayed races off their schedule but that was not the case it was the i don't know what they named the format but they have the three main events during this, uh, the race, so not one. I prefer the heat races, the last chance qualifiers, and then just the one main event instead of having the three events overnight. But it was a clean sweep in the 450 division by Ken Roxon. He's started the year out strong. He's got his winning ways in him, and it's fun to watch. So good to see him win. Eli Tomac would finish second overall on the night. Jason Anderson would be third so th those guys, they were uh, Eli Tomac had a kind of consistent night running second in the first features, second in the second one, and third, I guess not the features, the main events is what they call them. So Eli Tomac would finish second overall with Jason Anderson had a rebound, um, would rebound over in after the first main event where he finished fifth to finish third in the second and second in the third for 21 points overall. So that was a little bit of the racing over the weekend. There was also some super late model, or I don't know if it was super late model racing or late model racing or pro late models or whatever they call it down in Florida that had a little bit of hoopla. Bubba Pollard and Steven Nassi got in together, and it was quite the Twitter uh, show down there with that going on. It was really close racing. Uh, definitely check that out if you get a chance. Uh, Nassie was, I believe it's Nassie, was definitely in the wrong in that situation as he took out Pollard or Bubba Pollard after the fact that he was racing him a little bit dirty, but he got by him, and then it was retaliation. Never good when the retaliation looks like that. So that was kind of what happened 
in the world of racing. And now we will look ahead to the Daytona 500. And we are starting not this weekend, Super Bowl Sunday, this weekend, but it's then the start of the Super Bowl of NASCAR with the Bush Clash, uh, which will be, I believe, February 9th, I think is the date on that one. Not sure, positive, but should know that a little bit better. Uh, yeah, the ninth is the Bush Clash. So look forward to talking about that here in a second. But once again, I uh, want to thank the Soundtooth app for giving us a platform to put this show on the air. Get a chance to download that app and um, a reminder that you can find us once again on Spotify and Apple Podcast. So as we look around NASCAR, some of the news that came out uh, since last week's episode, NASCAR has decided to change the stages uh, of the race, shortened up the last part of the races and kind of even out the first two. Looks like it's kind of a now closer to a 25 or not 25, kind of a 35, 35, 40 kind of format. Not a huge fan of that. I think it's just more, there was some rumblings of possibly going to four stages in a race. I'm glad they didn't do that. I, it, it, it just keeps coming out that they want to get back to the grassroots, but yet every grassroots fan is saying, we hate the stages, but yet they keep wanting to change the stages and even add more stages. Really, it's hard to put two and two together. It's like, where are you getting at this data? It's I understand where the teams the teams prefer it because then you don't have green flag pit stops. Uh kind of equals it out for the guys who don't have the stronger team. So if you're a guy, if you're a team that runs in the twenty-fifth position and you don't have the best pit crew, yeah, it makes sense that you don't want to have as many green flag pit stops. You put more stages in there. That's the why the caution clock when it was in the truck series. I think a lot of the guys in the back of the field were like, "Oh crap, yeah, we get it. Nice, this is awesome. We get a we get a pit stop, no green flag pit stops." And now you're seeing they want to add another stage and they get that perfect. The idea is to try to keep the race closer at the end, some reason, and. I mean, I understand the concept that you're trying to compact the field. The restarts are probably the most exciting thing with the restrictor plate on the 1.5-mile tracks, those first five laps when they're all close together. But, I mean, that's not racing. You're not getting the fans back. You're not seeing more people in the stands. So why not just get rid of the stages altogether? Or what a lot of people would like to see, just make it where you still have the stages but not the cautions that come with them. So that was some of the news that came out with uh, the NASCAR themselves made. There was a little bit more rumblings during the 24 hours about some potentially new ideas of what's going to come out on the next gen car next year. There's some talk of being the single lug, like your Indy car, your sports car, getting rid of the five lug hubs on the cars. I think that will once again piss off more people. Like, I don't know what's the... There's nothing that says, uh, hey, let's get these old fans back than getting rid of something that I would say that 99% of all diehard NASCAR fans love, and that is the traditional pit stop 
of going around and changing the lugs as a just a racing guy like myself uh that appreciates all sorts of racing i mean i wouldn't be it's not going to hurt my feelings if they make it a one lug pit stop the pit stops will be faster i think it'll be more even and i uh more competitive you wouldn't have to be as good as a tire the the gap between the pit stops would be a lot less because it's a lot easier to do a one lug pit stop i mean a lot less issues it's safer so i mean there's a lot of positives to a one lug but you're trying to gain back some traditionalists to watch the the sport and how are you doing that by alienating them anymore by bringing in something that it goes hand in hand with the elite and elitism of IndyCar and sports car racing. So that was some of the news that was kind of leaking out that they were trying to look at it. Well, we don't really know. I'm sure they'll run it by some of their fan council boards. Um, they always say that this is what people want, but yet then you don't ever find anybody that wants these from the stages to the playoffs um, there's just doesn't seem to be, it's obviously not working on the TV numbers. It's not working in the stands. So I don't know where these councils, I mean, the five nerds, I mean, if you're going to be on a fan council in general, you're probably going to be kind of a weird person in general. I mean, like who you had to go through the process of signing up for it. I mean, it's not going to be your traditional person anyway. I mean, so that's why, uh, I mean, it's hard to see how all these rule changes have been positive. I know limiting the field's not a good sign uh, for the growth. I don't know why they continue to do that. I mean, if you don't have the car show up, they don't have the car show up. I mean, but to just limit it on when you have the cars, it just doesn't send a strong signal. Like, it just makes you seem like your product is weaker. So zero idea of some of the things that NASCAR keep doing. But never, but nevertheless, I still tune in each week and enjoy it. Like, I don't know. I it is, I like all forms of racing. I find NASCAR racing to be exciting. Um, I enjoy IndyCar racing, but just it some of the rule changes it just doesn't make sense. It's just like why are you doing these things? It's the same thing as like I mentioned before. I I'm a soccer guy. Uh, I work on soccer. We do the grassroots kind of level or lower division. It's, it's extremely grassroots compared. But oh, the main thing you always see with soccer fans in America is, well, why can't we just do what they do in England where you have promotion and relegation? You have a single table. You don't have playoffs. You don't have. So the TV ratings for MLS are terrible. I mean, you don't have the following. You have more people that watch English league in the United States and they do the American domestic league. And it's because of gimmicks that people don't want. You don't, they try to get all these people that want the instant gratification. And and when they, and, and all these people are like, well, young people want that's young people don't want, you know, the, what, who watches English premier league, young people, what's their number one reason like, well, they got promotion and relegation. They got, they got more traditional. It's about, it's actually, People watch the Premier League because they consider it more traditional. It's not fake. They don't have all this fake drama of the playoffs like what MLS does. It's the same problem with NASCAR. You still have the same trying to drum up this fake excitement that is not needed. Go to the traditional. You'll get younger people still to care. If you want to get younger people, 
They love the traditional. Why doesn't the younger people all like Dell Earnhardt? Raise hell, praise Dell. You know, it's like they love the traditional aspects of NASCAR, but yet you don't go back to the traditional aspects. It makes zero sense. You're not being authentic. That's like the main, like one thing, Barstool Sports, they try to bring Barstool Sports in. What's Barstool Sports immediately pick up? and try to gain support and what all the young people that follow Barstool Sports, the traditional aspects of the sport. That's what they immediately picked up. It wasn't the the playoffs or anything like that. They were like, hell yeah, these guys are good personality drivers. They go out there, work their ass off to try to win these races. And that's what they fell in love with. And that's what people, they love going to Talladega, partying having a hell of a good time. That's the traditional things of NASCAR, but yet they continue to do things like add stages, get rid of the traditional five lugs. And and they haven't done that yet, but just the rumor. I mean, that doesn't, it's not going to bring people back to the races. When you go on there and say, we've lost our roots, but then you just say it. I mean, it doesn't matter. We it's, it's known that you lost your roots. There'll be major throwback on when they go to electric in the cars. I mean, it you I can sell that, hey, they're adding electric to the cars. But every car in you have in America, I mean, it's got to have electric in it at some point. You're going to have that electric aid. So that, that has to be added for the manufacturer. It's still going to be combustion engine. It's still going to be loud. It's still going to be cool. But go back to it's. It's the same thing that we struggle with in soccer. It's like, why are we got this... One oversight, like U.S. soccer and NASCAR, just they must go to meetings together, the same think groups, and they just bounce these dumb ideas off their head left and right. And when none of them just want to admit, hey, why don't we do this? Why don't we allow, like, get rid of the charter system? The charter system was the first major problem of what NASCAR has done wrong. And it's the same thing that we see in soccer. I go back on this tangent all the time, and it just open the system up, open the rules up, have more cars there, have it where it's the more just focus on the traditional things. And yeah, and then, and then this carries on the next story, uh, and that is uh, Miller Lite and announcing that on the Penske Racing, the two car, that they're only going to be sponsoring one race. In the year 20, it is really hard to put a positive spin on the fact that one of your longest time, longest tiered sponsors is going to be dropping down to one race, but they are. It's sad to see I, as a guy that's the one of the, one of the most traditional, if we can get more traditional brands back on race cars, that alone would help with the ratings. I don't care if you put the sponsors on a crappy car, lower the fee, but uh, we got to get some more name brands out there. I saw Alex Bowman today. He just got from the kind of a probably a business to business deal. Uh, they are going to put some of the Chevy accessory brands on that car. I'm sure not paying uh, ex- as much as Nationwide was, but Adams polished some other some battery jumping cables. So I'm sure it's kind of a kickback. Hey, we'll make you an official Chevrolet accessory. But hey, we need you to kind of throw some money at this race car as well because they need some money. So it's just, it's hard not to be negative when there's potential to be so, it's the being positive 
just takes I mean it's some decisions that you have to make it's telling your TV partners hey we don't see this working with the playoffs let's just go back and it, you could start like with my idea if you want to get rid of, of this the st- first off stages I, I I can live with stages don't like shortening up the races and get, please get rid of them on the short tracks not short tracks but the road courses ruins the road course racing the strategy that just start there just all you had to do it doesn't take a lot all you have to say is well we're going to remove the stage of the brakes where we'll throw caution at road courses um we'll keep them at the mile and a half and at the restrictor plate races we will uh remove um at least the one in between one and two. Just start a little bit. This baby steps in there to do something positive, to give people something positive to look at. Like, oh, well, good. They got rid of that and this. I mean, they the one they, they take one positive step forward. Hey, we're going to come out with a new short track package uh, for the road course, try to get some of that arrow out for 2020. And then they immediately do something stupid and say, oh, we're going to try to add maybe add more stages. Thank God they decided that was a bad decision, but we're going to try to shorten up. I mean, there's potential there. And if you want to get back to the grassroots racers and those fans, just start doing a little bit of baby steps. Give them a little bit. Just feed them something. So they will be like, okay, they're trying to listen to us. Instead, it just acts like you just say it and then you don't listen to them. It's it's a long thing. It's it, it's a long. It, it's, it, is, it is what it is, I guess. We're going to continue seeing it until maybe the bottom completely falls out. But, yeah, that was my little tangent there. i get on to him a little bit, but uh, we'll get back to a little bit of more news coming out. Um, Daniel Suarez has found him a ride for 2020. You know, it's kind of been rumored. I maybe mentioned it on here. But he's going to be doing full-time in the 96 car of the Gaunt Motorsports car. I think it's Gaunt, 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 Ricky Gaunt, Marty Gaunt or something like that. But the 96 car, Parker uh, Kligerman ran it last year. Had some strong runs here and there. It's a good 20, top 25 kind of team from time to time. And they get a little bit more funding with uh, some of Daniel's personal sponsors. I think they'll be up there to be a team that can maybe sneak a win. I think it'd be tough. I mean, it's not – Daniel struggled last year with Haas, so – going there to a new team that would probably need a little bit more support um, is probably going to be a little bit tougher for him, but he might be able to sneak one out there. He's strong at certain tracks, and uh, they'll have the Coca-Cola money, the uh, Mexican communications, forget the name of it, the RS group. Uh, I think he's going to throw some money on there as well. So they'll have those – they'll have those a little bit of more sponsor money coming in. I don't know if they have a – well, I know all the Toyota teams kind of have a deal with Joe Gibbs Racing, but I don't know what their kind of connections are. Um, but I'm sure they probably have a few of the old Gibbs cars. So, I mean, it's going to be decent equipment. Uh, it might be some of the old BK Racing cars. So I'm not 100% sure on where they get their stuff. But they put out good quality race cars of the teams that weren't, and they still don't have a top 35 locked in. So they're going to have to race in. Uh, even to the Daytona 500, I'm sure it's not going to be an issue at other races. 
But for the Daytona 500, they will have to race their way in. And it could be an issue at the end of the year when teams start trying to dump a bunch of their old old cars with the new next-gen coming in. So there'll be a little bit of uphill battle when they get to unload at the racetrack where they have to make sure their car is fast enough in qualifying trim to make the show. So that kind of said that when you have to do that, it kind of sets you back for the weekend where you can't just focus on your race car and try to improve that car from where it's a 30th place car to get it to a top 20 car. So you just got to focus on trying to get the show and then try to make some of your changes from there. But they, that was the announcement driver wise. Some of the truck series teams are bringing out some of their, though some of the lower end truck series teams are kind of making some of their plans known for the 2020 season. The Xfinity teams are starting to come out with some of the news on their entries, and a lot of those cars are kind of just last-minute throwing stuff together where they can get, find some money here and there. So it's exciting time. It's really picking up. Uh, it's getting closer to Speed Week, uh, the date of the, the oval part of it. So it'll be here before you know it. Uh, you got Super Bowl weekend this weekend, a little caution shots uh Football talk, NFL season, the Super Bowl itself has been kind of a, not very many storylines leading up to it. I mean, it's been, we're recording on Wednesday, really haven't heard anything media-wise uh, from Miami, but uh, as uh, as somebody that's going to predict, uh, all the predictions show that the Chiefs will be the more dominant team. I at least, it's, uh, at least I can say I'm just a racing guy right now because I really have zero idea what we'll see on Sunday. I know NASCAR uh, will be seen on some of the commercials. Fox has it. So that kind of, you kind of get a little bit of the um, Daytona 500 always kind of seems to get a little bit of a bump when uh, NASCAR ha- or when Fox has the Super Bowl. So that's good. I'm sure they'll have some. I know Race Day is doing their show from down in Miami. So You'll see the Daytona 500 commercial during the Super Bowl, probably the pre-show. They'll probably put it on there. You might see it during one of the fourth quarters. Hope it's a good game. Um, I haven't really even looked. I know we're six days away from the start of the World of Outlaws year. I'm sure there's a lot of short track racing going on in Florida this weekend. Uh, I don't have all of them off the top of my head, but... Um, it's a fun time. I, mean, I think the All-Stars usually start before the World of Outlaws. So we are getting close to the kickoff of the more weekly, daily racing that is that will be the 2020 race season. So I'm glad you were able to listen to Episode 5. Once again, you can find us on Spotify, the Soundtooth app, um, Apple Podcast. uh So it's great to have you here. Enjoy your Super Bowl weekend. Have some shots during the Super Bowl. Don't get too crazy because you get, well, for some, you're off on Monday. No, no, that's it's president. So you're not off on Monday. So be careful. Have a great time. And we will see you next time. Or you can listen to us next time as this is a podcast. And not a show, a TV show. So I'm your host, Daniel DeVore. Have a fantastic time. So you finally got the nerve to ask that little girl you've been digging.
egging on if she wants to go out. She said yes, now you're wanting to impress, but you ain't got no castle over no house.